At this time, I'd like you to turn in your hymnal to page 321. And we are going to say, say the third commandment together. So page 321 is where it is. And if you have the big sheet, it's already printed in there right between the epistle and the Old Testament. But... The third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. The text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, specifically these words which says, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. At the end of this month, June 30th of 2000, June 30th of this month, it will be officially five years since I was ordained as a pastor. So, which I know that's not too long when you consider that Pastor Winterrode is at 55 years this month. So, five years is pretty short. Which, by the way, yes, keep that note, 55 years for Pastor Winterrode. But anyways, five year, in the five years that I have been a pastor, one of the thing, many things that really stands out, especially if you work with kids, with youth, is just how ridiculously busy they are. Between softball, baseball, at this time of the year, it's like, yeah, pretty much every day of the week there's a softball or baseball game. Choir concerts, band concerts, uh, plays, speeches, football, eventually football, baseball, basketball, you have AAU stuff. You and of course you have, of course you got school and some of them have jobs, and then of course parents, grandparents, great grandparents, so wonderfully dedicated are there for every single one of those games, every single one of those concerts, and yet they too have their own jobs, their own things that obviously they have to do. We live. Lives that are ridiculously busy. And it's for that reason that the, today's reading is so incredibly important. Because the, the Pharisees that Jesus is dealing with at this point, they have the absolutely, they have the act, actually the opposite problem that we do. When it comes to the Sabbath, they are extremely strict about keeping it. These are the people who, you know, they're getting mad about them even plucking the heads of grain. 
They are the, the Pharisees, the way they worked was like, if you were to think of like my iPad, I know you can't see it, but just visualize kind of where it is. The iPad is the law. They would set up a fence of man-made laws that they would create. And the idea is, is with those man-made laws, if you would make sure to never break those, then you could never break the actual law. Well, as anybody knows, if you put a fence up around your house, what could somebody do? They could hop over the fence, leave the fence intact, and still break into your house. Same thing with the law. That's what the Pharisees did. They would try to protect the law with their man-made law. So when Jesus is saying it is not lawful for, for any but the priests to eat, he's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's not talking about the law of Scripture. He's talking about the Pharisaical law, which is no law at all, really. We actually have similar types of people in this day and age. Um, for those of you who've ever lived in really northwest Iowa, into um, the Dutch area, you have experienced, have heard of where it happens if you mow your lawn tomorrow afternoon, people are going to get upset with you because you're not supposed to mow your lawn on Sunday. There, and there's, that's why you also have boycotts of different restaurants and businesses who are open on Sunday. That is, the, that is actually the pharisaical understanding of the Sabbath. That is what Jesus is speaking against. Most people in our day and age are on the opposite end of the spectrum. We tend to be in the problem where we don't celebrate this, we don't honor the Sabbath really much at all. Think about the busyness of your lives. As you think about that, can you actually think of how often do you get at least one day a week where it's actually for leisure? It's actually to rest, not to do chores around the house. To actually rest. I'll bet you most of us realize that there are many weeks, that we'll go weeks without that, months even, without one of those days. The third commandment was written as a command to you to do that. To have a day of rest. A day that you don't do much of anything beyond the essentials. Now, there's the, like I said, there's the extreme. You could do the extreme like the Pharisees where you can't do anything. Like they went so extreme that they would actually prepare their meals on Friday afternoon. And so that way they would not cook anything from 6 o'clock on Friday until 6 o'clock on Saturday. Which if you want to do that, you can. But they made that a law that you had to do it that way. But that's, you don't have to go to that extreme. But beyond the non-essential tasks that you have every day, taking a day of rest. That is the command. That is why, as he says, the Sabbath was made for man. Because you need rest. Do you know what happens when you, don't, you go long enough without days of rest? You become grumpy, you become irritable, you begin to get burned out. You need it. 
And sometimes you even need what is known as a sabbatical. Or modern day vacation. Yes, you hear right now I'm telling you, it is very biblical to take a vacation. But here's the thing. This is where we even farther go off the rails when it comes to this commandment. Because while there is the command to take rest, you might go home and think, well, okay, you know what, that's right. I really do need to take more days of rest. We need to do that. And so you'll begin to look at your schedule and think, what can I do? What can I cut out of my schedule to make sure that I get rest? If you were to ask what you would find that most people, when they get down to it, what is one of the places that they're going to cut out? Their church life. Which ignores the whole part of, remember the Sabbath day by what? Keeping it holy. What does that, how do we make it holy? I mean, how do we keep it holy? How is a day sanctified? By God's word. And the thing is, is that it's the third commandment is a commandment that we are so rebellious against at any level. On multiple levels, we're rebellious against it. But it's one of those, it's a commandment from God that is actually really sweet and beautiful and wonderful if we actually do it. And the reason, it's kind of like, think back to when you were young, or for some of you, you don't have to think back to it, but think back to when you were young, and it got late at night, and your parents told you, it's time to come in for dinner. You're like, ah, oh, I want to play more. I want to be outside. Eventually, you go in and you eat the meal. Are you glad that you ate the meal? Assuming it's decent food, Yes. And even if it isn't that great of food, you're still, you're, it's nice to have a full belly. Or similarly, when, you, when it gets late at night and it's time to go to bed, your parents tell you, time to go to bed. It's like, no, I want to stay up later. I want to play a little bit more Fortnite or whatever games people want to play nowadays. But instead, but you eventually you go to sleep. And you're glad you went to sleep because you wake up refreshed. So also the Sabbath. It is a day that, it is a command by God that we keep it. That we keep the Sabbath. That we attend not only to our physical needs, but most importantly to our spiritual needs. Because if you're here a couple weeks ago, I talked about the greatest the great temptation of every person is to make themselves a god or find any and every way they can make a, the, a, themselves a god unto themselves. To make themselves the center of their lives. The Sabbath exists to make absolutely certain that we have points that we are not the center of attention to give us relief from ourselves. Because we need relief from ourselves. Because so much of our burden comes from us. Which is why 
Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Sabbath, which by the way, in the the Old Covenant, the Sabbath was confined to Friday at 6 o'clock to Saturday at 6 o'clock. So when you start church today, the Sabbath, the old Sabbath is actually done. But in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the Sabbath is every day of your life. So there isn't a specific day that you have to take off. There isn't a specific day that you have to worship. But the church traditionally has picked Sunday, some point between 6 p.m. p.m. Saturday night to 6 p.m. p.m. Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Traditionally have done that because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. That's the day of a Pentecost. That's why we do it. But it could be any day. The point is you are to celebrate. You are to hear God's word. You are to receive his gifts, to receive his rest in the company of other believers. That's what you come here today. That's why you're here right now. If you are like me, like anyone, life wears you down. It exhausts you. And not just because of your schedules, but it's also those things that you don't schedule. I don't know if you've ever heard that, do you know how to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Because we all know that our lives can be interrupted in a moment. Sometimes they're good interruptions. Sometimes they're bad interruptions. We are constantly reminded, not of only the things that we schedule into the busyness of our lives, but the ills of this world. It's an unexpected hospital visit, the unexpected funeral. It's the the unexpected broken relationship. The unexpected failed marriage. It is all these things that wear us down. It is all these things that exhaust us. And it's for that that God gave us his Sabbath. He gave us a place of rest. He he calls to you, not just every Saturday and Sunday, or Saturday evening or Sunday morning, but actually every day of the week. He calls to you because, I don't know if you realize, this is an iPad, so guess what? I could pull up my Bible on it. I could pull up multitudes of languages. If I want to read it in Swahili, I don't know how to do that, but if I wanted to attempt at it, I could. You could do that with your cell phone, most of your cell phones. You could do that with your computer. If you're, at a, if you're at a hospital, there's a very good chance the Gideons have been there. And there's a Bible there. It is so easy in our day and age to find a Bible. And so there, God has means 
by which you to come unto him and receive his rest, to sanctify your day, to make your day holy, to make every day holy. That's why it's good to begin every day. Make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. To remind you that you are baptized, that you are sanctified, you are made holy by Christ in the waters of baptism. And by making that sign of the cross, praying the Lord's Prayer, reading Scripture, remembering a verse, singing a hymn. By the way, those, those hymns that some of those you know by heart, if you ever look at it, we have Congregation and Prayer, a devotional tool. Or I also have it on Facebook, if anybody wants to use that. There is a hymn every single week. The idea is that you could sing that hymn throughout your week. And because the hymns very often are teaching the faith, they are sanctifying your day by having them stuck in your head, running through your mind. They are ways by which God gives you rest throughout your days. But very especially, he gives you this place to come and receive the body and blood of Jesus in the bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins. That bread and that wine, that is the Sabbath rest given to you. You can touch it. You taste it. You can even smell it in the wine. That is the rest. Come unto him, you who are weary and heavy laden. Come unto the crucified one who gives himself to you in his word, in his sacrament. And hear his word, not just today, but every day. Make your Sabbath life holy. Receive his rest. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.